Welcome to The Avid Adventurer. I'm your host, Dave Secunda, founder of Avid for Adventure, and I am psyched you're here. Each week, just like today, I'll bring you an interview with a kiddo, young adult, or parent as they share not only the details of their noteworthy outdoor pursuits, but also how they navigate risk, challenge, setbacks, and service in their journey. It'll bring a smile to your face and you'll feel your heart expand as you get to know the inner landscapes of these athletes. After listening, I know you'll feel uplifted and ready for your own next avid adventure. So let's dive in. Welcome friends. I am so excited to have you both with us, um, Will and Rose Gad. I, um, before we get into a little bit of a discussion around risk and young people, which I am just inspired to dig into with both of you, um, uh, you know, my name is Dave Secunda. I'm the, the founder and CEO of Avid for Adventure. My pronouns are he, him. Um, and I work in this world of, uh, of outdoor education, working with kids in, in risky situations all the time. Um, and so it was an interesting topic that I thought both of you would have some things to share about. But let me let you both just introduce yourselves, say who you are, introduce with your pronouns, and um, anything else you think would be interesting for our folks to know about you uh, before we just kind of ask some questions. So, um, Rose, why don't you start? Okay, um, my name is Rose, my pronoun, and my pronouns are she, her. Fantastic. And how old are you, Rose? Um, I'm 12. Fantastic. I'm 60, so I'm just throwing that into <laughs> even the playing field there. <laughs> what are you into, Rose? What are your What are your big sports these days? Um, I do a lot of gymnastics, and that is pretty fun for me. I enjoy mountain biking and being outside, hiking and stuff. What did we do this summer that was wild and crazy? We went paragliding, which was incredible. I think it was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, we went on a backpacking trip in Kananaskis country, which was really fun. And I got to bring a friend. And so that was a really unique experience for me. Excellent. Who'd you bring as your friend? Um, her name is Maddie. And yeah, she's really fun. And it was it's really cool. <laughs> it's always great to have a friend along for big adventures like that, for sure. Well, thank you. That's that is some diversity from gymnastics to paragliding and everything in between there. That's great. That's going to be a great format for uh, for digging in on this topic as well. Cool. And Will, who are you? Um, my name is Will Gad, and my pronouns are he and him. And I live with Rose in Camor, Alberta which is north in the Rocky Mountains across the U.S. border for, imagine most of your people are on the American side of things there. And yeah, I'm a pro sports athlete, mountain sports athlete and speaker, also a guide, um, ACMG guide and a few other credentials, written some books, do a bunch of outdoor education, not as much as you, but some of that. And uh, I get to do cool things with Rose and her sister Marie and and uh, my wife, Sarah, here in, here in Canmore. So we're kind of a all-purpose mountain sports adventure family. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, um, Rose, let's start with you a little bit here. Um, you know, I uh, I had heard uh, Will on another podcast kind of talk about um, family and kids and how they interact with risky situations and really kind of how they assess them 
to adjust how they're going to act or what their behavior is or how much they're willing to lean into it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you, how do you figure out in this variety of different things that you like doing, um, you know, the level of, of risk and are there different ways you kind of categorize that? Well, so in our family, we have a system that we created when, like quite a while ago, and we have three levels. And the first one is bumps and bruises, and then hospital, and then death. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, when you're if you're outside or doing anything that requires a risk, you could I I pause to think and I go. If I get hurt in this situation or if something goes wrong, would it fall into the bumps and bruises category, the hospital category, or the death category? And then I kind of assess from there. Goddess, that is is wonderful. I love the terminology as well. <laughs> Can you give me some situations that you've uh, uh, interacted with that you think fall into each of those categories and and tell me about kind of how you decided to proceed or not proceed? Like you get, do you have a bumps, bumps and bruises uh, example? Yeah. So for example, when I'm mountain biking and I think that there's a section of the mountain bike trail that I could fall off on and I'm not a hundred percent able to do it, but the worst that would happen would be a scraped knee. So usually I'll proceed with a bit of caution, but I'll go ahead anyways. Excellent. Okay. I love it. And then how do you distinguish the line between that and uh, and the hospital uh, consequence, and give me an example of something that might fall into that category. Um, for the hospital category, like should I do something that has something to do with mountain biking or just anything? You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's relevant. And you know, one of the things, Rose, is is that you know sometimes I get very focused because I do so many things in the outdoors. But risk is something that goes across every aspect of life, uh, you know, sure. including social situations as well. And, you know, you can kind of have some of these same uh, categories there. But, yeah, it's, it's whatever comes up for you on the hospital side. <laughs> um. Yeah. So sometimes if I'm out on a hike with my family and there'll be like a small drop off on the side of the trail, sometimes we'll assess just to be like, this drop off probably wouldn't be too bad, but you could definitely get injured. So maybe walk, like walk carefully, watch your feet and yeah. Maybe don't run. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Okay. And then how about that last category and, and examples of something that might fall into that? Um. Well, there's a lot of dangerous situations, but even something that's not necessarily a sport, like crossing a road or a busy highway even could fall into that category. Mm -hmm. Like, and, but if you're recreating outdoors and you're maybe climbing a good example of death, like the death risk would be um, you're on a hike and there is a cliff to the side, for example, and you're on the edge of it and you lose your footing. That could be really bad. Or even you're crossing the street and you just, and you need, or you need to get to the other side of a road and it's a highway that could be really dangerous as well. Um, excellent. Do you feel like when, if your dad isn't there and you're just out on your own and you encounter a situation, um, do you feel like you have a pretty good ability to assess which category these things fall into? I think in general I do. Sometimes I'll slip up and afterward I'll be like, wow, that could have been really bad. I probably should have assess that a bit I, um something that just pops into mind even was 
when I was really little, I would, I could climb quite a lot because I climbed with dad a lot and I would go to playgrounds and I would try to get into the highest part of the playground possible. <laughs> and, and looking back on that, I think, well, maybe I could have assessed that a bit better, but. <laughs> But that's awesome that you're thinking about that, Rose. Like that's what life is. You you think about it, and, and uh, I'll bet you were pretty. I'll bet you were pretty. You're a good climber. You were probably pretty <laughs> latched on. Definitely wouldn't be in death or anything, of course. But yeah, exactly. is I, this is news to me as well. <laughs> okay. this is where the whole well. the big reveal comes yeah. in. <laughs> so it does surprise me because you were always drawn to like get on top of things and check things out. So that's I love it. Great. This is within this is within spec for sure. <laughs> No big surprise, but new information. Um, well, Rose, let me ask you another question about this thing of assessment, because I think it's a it's such a good topic here. Um, a lot of times when I'm working with young people, if we're out in a situation um, and I say, okay, stop, what are the risks in this environment that we're going into? They can identify them. Uh, and you know, if they're if they're paused. They can they can figure out what those are, um, but a lot of times uh, I'll notice that they will not pause on their own. You know, like there needs to be this little external motivation to even notice that the environment is changing and the risk level is changing. So you talked about walking down a trail, um, which might be just like ho hum down through the forest, and then all of a sudden you you come to a section. Um, where it does have a drop off on one side and it's a, it's a hospital potential consequence <laughs> over there. Um, many times uh, young people are, are, they're kind of focused on what they're doing and not more broadly aware of what is changing around them that can really be like the trail might be exactly the same, but that larger environment is changing or the weather is changing. How do you catch yourself to take that moment of assessment and notice when when things could be getting more risky or or more dangerous. Oh, that's really tricky. Um, I think just trying to create a habit of being as aware of your surroundings as possible, but I know that can be tricky and hard to remember. So I guess I don't know, just trying to be as as aware as you can and just like every once in a while, maybe doing a little self-check, like where am I right now is what's going on, look around a bit and then keep moving. That's awesome. Will, is that a kind of- I didn't teach you that. <laughs> it's really good. It's like, I'm gonna, now I'm gonna do that. You know, like, yeah. it's just like, you, Rose, you'll be the little voice in my head going, what's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Will, as a family, when you're recreating, uh, is that something that you had been deliberate in is as far as like a parent and instilling that, or is this something that just kind of evolved over time? I've always asked questions when we're out doing anything from being in the city, you know, like Rose mentioned that the, the, the busy road with the death potential, but just asking questions of, of what's going on here and what are the, what are we good? Do we need to do something different? And I think from a very early age, we've done that and I've encouraged the kids to be involved in that. And they, and they really are. If we're, if we're on a backpacking trip, we talk about where we're going to put the tents or is this a good place to go across the river or just, just talk about it. It's, it's very much just part of our daily kind of life practice, I would say. Um, and, That's beautiful. And is, that, is that fair, Rose? I think so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Most like, of the 
activities we do. Yeah, hanging the hanging the food in the trees so the bears can't get at it, you know. And shooting range is a really big one. Yeah, we go to the range. You know, we actually <laughs> shoot. We do things like that, and, and, and talking about what the consequences are and what safe behavior is, and you know, the goal is not to scare scare rose. The the goal is to give you tools so that you feel like you can make good decisions. And do you feel like I've done that or is it a bit sketchy? <laughs> no, I feel like you've done that. I, I usually feel very safe when I'm outside, especially with yeah. 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 That's great. I mean the whole the real trick is when you feel safe when you're out without him, you know, when you're on your yeah, own out exactly. there and, and you have like the little will inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Avid for Adventure voted one of Outside Magazine's best places to work year after year? Because when you work here, your office is the outdoors, atop mountains, in rivers, and on trails, alongside colleagues that share your passions. Your to-do list will consist of teaching curious kids how to paddle, climb, hike, bike, and thrive in the outdoors. This isn't your typical day job. It's an adventure you'll never forget. Come check out all the opportunities for this summer at Avid for Adventure at avid4.com and then click on jobs. Well, that is a great thing for parents who are listening to this as well. Many of who kind of think, well, how do I instill this? And what I'm hearing you say is, is just like creating a family culture of talking about, uh, you know, inherent risks or changing situations. And then also just asking those open-ended questions uh, and and letting your kids just kind of ponder them um, on their own, yeah, yeah, and and just letting them answer those those questions in their own way, and yeah. and then and then the follow up question is as you as you alluded to earlier, it's one thing to to first you have to be aware of what those hazards are, but what Rose just did a you know I'm I'm a proud parent right now. What she just <laughs> did is also recognize or go through her mitigations. It's like we're not going to run here. We're, we're going to treat this differently. And that's really important because I see a lot of that at all levels of outdoor education that I'm involved with. People are like, right, we're an avalanche train. And then they just head off and you're like, yeah. whoa, what are we going to do about that? And so what Rose just said about what are the mitigating sides of those hazards is is really important. And and you can do that as a family or, or you know, I do that on the film jobs I work on. You know, we I ask the people on the on the set, so to speak, like, what are the hazards here? And and that gives me a good idea of who I'm dealing with. If everybody's like, I don't know, that's why I hired you. Then I'm like, that's a different situation than, than we're out there. But I often ask the kids these questions and they have good answers. And then, you know, I hope the goal here is when you do get to a playground, you're, you're not too worried. You're like, I'm not like, be careful. It's a playground. I, I, I trust that you have this under control. Yeah. Although maybe I shouldn't have been so trusting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think that's the the arc yeah, of parenting there. Um, so, Rose, what I really hear you saying is kind of the methodology is, you know, um, pause and be aware, <laughs> assess the situation, and then choose your actions appropriately um, to either uh, mitigate or accept that risk um, in, in, in your behavior as you move forward. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Rose, let me ask you another question about it. Cause I, I said this at the beginning and you both laughed about, you know, this world of risk being in these situations, like we're talking about, um, with, uh, with the outdoor very, um, kind of fairly clear risks, you know, it's like that cliff I could fall off of. And if I think about it for a minute, I can, I can get a sense of the consequence there. 
Do you think for you as you're growing up, this transfers to social risks? So, you know, I think about a choice that might come up later in life of, you know, somebody's had too much to drink and they're offering to drive you home. Uh, or, you know, those situations where they're not in the outdoors. Um, does the same sort of thing, or have you had any experiences that are not in this, you know, very tactical outdoor environment where that same assessment comes into play? I think absolutely, yeah. Um, what are the, I guess you could even classify this to a social standards, like um, embarrassment, injury, and whatever another level could be. But I think something as simple as raising your hand in class to an answer you might not even know is, that would be an example of a risk you could take with the worst possibility being embarrassment. So I think absolutely it is applied to my everyday life. That's that's great. That's such a good example. It's such a good reminder. I got to remember. You're willing to, you're willing to take the risk of a little bit of embarrassment. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not. Yet. No, of course not. You sure? Because for some people, it is. For me, it is sometimes. <laughs> Fair enough. One thing I think we've done that's a little bit interesting too is talk about. We'll be in like an airport. We'll discuss, not in a negative way, but like, what if you get lost? Yeah. What are you gonna do? So like planning ahead i, I can see yeah i mean it's you know but what i mean literally what would you do if you're in an airport and you couldn't find us well you would go to someone in uniform and or somebody at the front desk and you would ask them to call the, your parents or i usually i have a phone on me and i was taught both of their numbers and i was really little i think i actually remember driving to the calgary airport and my dad was like okay let's go over what's my number and i was like Okay, so yeah, that was before you even had a phone. Exactly, yeah. Did that did that scare you? No, not really, because it felt like I was becoming more prepared if something did happen. So in a way, it was more comforting Hmm. versus scaring me. That is. I always wondered about that. (laughs) That is great. That's a great example. Um, I really like that. It comes down to, yeah, this kind of awareness piece and uh assessment and choosing actions is is uh you know it 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 imbibes every aspect of life you know it's like you can create situational awareness in the airport or on the crag or anything in between and they all kind of translate uh into an ethos that you you know stays with you over time um well rose any advice that you would have for kids who might not um interact with uh with consequential risk as much as you have in your uh in your you know career and playing in all of these different types of activities um sometimes we we work with kids who really this is their first experience climbing ever uh or ever being on a mountain bike we teach a lot of kids to ride for the first time because they don't know how to ride so you know we both work on the more advanced things but also with kids who are just having their first experience even if they might be older they might be coming from an environment where they just haven't had this opportunity in the past um any thoughts on on kind of folks when they're moving into really new activities that uh, the reason i'm asking is because in that case they often look at the activity as one thing, like it's all life or death. There's not really the distinction yet to be able to look at that and go, this I could die in and this I could just be 
um, bumped and bruised or embarrassed by. It's just, it all just lumps into, I'm scared. I haven't done that. You know, is, is it, you know, is there a way that you can think of transferring this to something you have never, ever done before? Like, how do you interact with something completely new, kind of bringing this format with you um, when you might not have the ability to really understand the the lines between each of those categories? I think it's a lot of really thinking it through as much as you can, but that can be difficult if you don't know, like, what you need to think through for the new activity. And so I think it's a lot of taking the knowledge that you do know and trying to expand it in a way that you can learn more and um, become a little safer. And then it's a lot of trying to think ahead and thinking of not just what could happen, but like why it would happen. So your brain can kind of make those connections and learn more from it. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that. That's a great one. It's kind of what I'm hearing from you is kind of take those experiences that you already have and, and kind of take the learning and transfer it as much as you can to make the the best assessment in a new situation that you might not have been in before. Um, that's, that's great. So that's, I'll, I'll make sure we pass that one on to other kids that we're working with. Um, Will, how about you? Any advice for parents or instructors just kind of based on your experience and, and this conversation as well. Like one thing I'll take away is that instilling the awareness through uh, creating a family environment of asking the questions uh, and um, and also just talking about it. Any other things like that that you think are, are good things to keep top of mind? I think in situations that are physical situations, looking at some of those things that you fear and embracing them is really important. Like one of the things that I've found in a lot of forms of education is that which ignore is ignored grows, right? So if you are afraid of something on your mountain bike, you know, maybe it's as simple as getting off of it quickly. And so you can practice that. But if you're like, there is no problem here, then that fear just grows and grows. It's like the monster under your bed. Until mm-hmm. you look under the bed, it just grows until it's like massive, you know? So engaging with it and and asking people what they're afraid of and what's going on and realizing it's not logical, it's emotional, it's brainstem stuff. And until you kind of engage with that on an emotional level and give them the confidence that they can get off the bike quickly enough or that the rope will hold or whatever is going on, um, all the logic of the world doesn't, doesn't really work. You, you got to get in there. And I can, I can remember you having some setbacks on your mountain bike and then, (laughs) you know, be a little bit more tentative, which is good, but then also working through it and and trying and working up and and then you get back. So it's it's pretty natural. But that emotional side of things is really, I think, under-recognized. We we tend to think we're all logical and we're not. (laughs) Excellent. Well, um, Rose and Will, such a pleasure to hear you both share about this. And Rose, in particular, um, just you're so articulate. And I think for me, I learned a lot listening to you. I'm going to go back and think about the way I interact with risk personally, but also kind of how I teach and orient around risk. And it's really due to the things you shared with me that are important. Um, And so I really, you know, have deep gratitude for just what you shared. It was really helpful to me and I know it will be uh, to the folks that that have a chance to listen to you talk about it as well. So thank you very, very much. Glad to hear it. Yeah, thank you for having us on. You know, it's nice to see you. It's been a bunch of years and you're, you're doing cool things in the outdoor world still. And it's just, uh, it's nice to make that reconnection as well. So 
thanks for having, having us this time with you. We appreciate it as well. I hope you enjoyed hearing from this avid adventurer as much as I did. Join me every week as we continue to explore the inner landscapes and outer accomplishments of our guests. And if you know someone who you think would make a great interview, please reach out to me at the email in the show notes. I look forward to reconnecting next week.